You're listening to the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast, your source for all the Baltimore Ravens news and information. Now, ice up, hon. Good evening, folks, and welcome into the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. We are at a later time, seeing if that helps out with some people's schedules. We had some complaints. People said we were playing it a little bit too early. They weren't getting off of work quick enough. So now we're starting it at 5 p.m. Mountain or 7 p.m. on that East Coast where everybody listens in. Welcome in, Matt Stevens. How are you doing, Matt? Dude, I am doing about as well as a 1-4 team fan can do. Yeah, that's... uh, That's going to be the story for today, folks. Now, our preview of the show real quick. We're going to be discussing how the Ravens uh, went 1-4 on the season after the loss to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Cornerback Will Davis headed off to the injured reserve list with an ACL tear, as did Lorenzo Taliaferro going to the injured reserve. Not for the same injury, though, folks. Ravens did cut two players trying to shake up the team. Ravens also signed a new cornerback. His name is Sharif Wright. And they also signed two other running backs as well. Ravens do face off against the 49ers on Sunday. Jumping straight into the show, though, folks, we're going to be discussing how the Ravens lost to the Cleveland Browns, falling 33-30 to and 1-4 and for the first time in franchise history. The Ravens are breaking some franchise records, folks, going 0-3, going 1-4. Ravens have never done that before. Matt, the defense once again faltered. All game long, gave up huge drives, gave up even bigger drives in overtime, and they allowed the Browns to score a final field goal, sealing the Ravens' fate at one and four, and thirty-three to thirty as that final score. What uh, what was your initial reaction? Well, Kyle, you and I were covering the game live here on Rabble.tv, and God, that was a great plug. Um, <laughs> uh, the big thing that I saw was just the, the secondary, once again, not being able to get the job done. Uh, the Ravens did a, a fairly decent job at stopping the run uh, of the Cleveland Browns, but the Cleveland Browns are starting Josh McCown, a 36-year-old quarterback. They don't have Dwayne Bowe, who is really their only offensive weapon heading into the game, and yet they allow the Cleveland Browns to put up 33 points. Um I mean, really, that says it all. Is just just the secondary not being able to do it, and we'll get into this in a little bit. But you know, head coach John Harbaugh did cut a few players, and the message seems to uh, to be: look, either shape up or ship out, and hopefully we'll see that turn around. But um, yeah, this this is a defense that just is not able to stop anyone. Absolutely. Now, folks, Ravens gave up 457 passing yards, 71 completion to Josh McCowan, and they don't have they don't even use Dwayne Bow on this team. This team consisted of Brian Hartline, Travis Benjamin, Tom Gabriel, I believe, and uh, Gary Barnage. Peyton Manning threw for 463 yards with a team completely built around him with Demarius Thomas, Julius Thomas, Eric Decker, and Wes Welker. So this is very bad. A Hall of Fame quarterback with all pro players is being, you know, has the same stat line as this player, uh, who's a 36-year-old quarterback who does not start uh, more than five games within a season every single year. And he puts up 
almost identical numbers to one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history with some of the best weapons ever represented in an offense, in a Hall of Fame offense. Uh, That alone speaks volumes to how bad this Ravens defense is, folks. Uh, it's, It's really just shaking your head and you just gritting your teeth and watching it happen. It's unfortunate. It's driving everybody, including Matt and I, nuts. That's why I believe we sound half depressed instead of as excited. I bet if you took our vocals, like analysis of Matt and I talking at the beginning of the season, how high and excited it was as compared to uh, what we're talking about now, it's a little bit grittier, a little, little depressing almost, if you will. Melancholy, I feel, is a good word for it. Now, there we go. we're going to go over the butt catch review as Gary Barnage off of three player, th- three total feet and uh, two players catches it with his ass. That's really <laughs> how it goes. Gary, uh, the Ravens finally sent some blitz. They tried to get some hits on, uh, on McCown, trying to stress him out, and they sent the blitz. Worked damn to perfection. He threw it up in a one-on-one situation. Will Hill... Uh, shifted over, got a hand on it. Gary Barnage had two hands on it. It falls to the ground, bounces off of Gary Barnage's left foot. Will Hill, as he's falling down, bounces off of the back of his foot. Then it bounces into Gary Barnage's legs, where he locks and loads it right up into his asshole. (laughs) (laughs) And he scores six points. I mean... (laughs) If I gave you a $100 million contract opportunity to do what he did, you would not. I wouldn't have to pay you a dime because that does not happen on purpose. <laughs> well, I, Kyle, I mean, I, I think it's worth noting that that was Barnridge, uh, Barnage's only touchdown on the entire game. He put up 139 yards, but the only way that he was going to catch a touchdown was with his ass. What a beautiful sport this is. What a glorious sport that of all teams, a man that plays for the Cleveland Browns catches a brown football with his brown ass. What a brown way to do it, yes. too. If you, if, you, if you have to, it's it's going to be you're going to luck it into it. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, next, folks, uh, obviously you called this before the game. Joe Flacco rushed for two touchdowns, he threw for another, and Justin Forsett put up 121 yards on the ground. Ravens total for 181 total rushing yards during that game. Matt, does that speak good or bad for the Ravens in your mind? I think it's a good thing. I mean, the the first Joe Flacco bootleg touchdown that we saw uh, was a thing of beauty. I mean, you and I called it as we were seeing it, and everyone bid on it. I mean, everyone, including the camera guy, went ahead and zoomed in, thinking that it was going up the middle to Justin Forsett. And uh, Joe Flacco just kind of jogs it to the outside, and everyone, it was it was done. Uh, it was able to go ahead and get it in there, and then did the Gronk spike, as you and I said at the time. Uh, booted that ball probably 50 yards up in the air after it hit the ground, so... Uh, that that was a good thing. I, I like seeing those types of plays, especially on the goal line. I, I think everyone kind of expected it to be run right up the middle or run behind Yonda, including you and I. Yeah. Uh, so that was something that was a little bit unique. Uh, seeing those types of rushing yards that the Ravens put up, 181 total yards uh, for the team, when you put up those types of rushing yards, it means things were going well for you offensively. Uh, whether it means the, the defense was kind of uh, sitting back a little bit more and expecting you to throw the ball, 
uh, or you were just dominating their defensive line with your offensive line. Uh, it, it's, it's always a positive when you put up those types of yards. Sadly, the Ravens didn't get it done in the end, but um, after what we saw through the first, what, three games where the Ravens couldn't run to save their lives, right. it's kind of refreshing to see over the past two games or so now uh, the Ravens are getting the run game moving, and they're doing they're doing a lot better on that front. So I'm I'm kind of happy about that, but uh, wish it, it equated to more points ultimately. Absolutely, that was one of the frustrating thing, Matt, and I did call was Justin Forsett on almost every single first down was getting it to be a second and one or second and two if it wasn't another first down, and then as soon as he got that first initial rush off, Tressman wasn't calling any more run plays, and. Uh, and it got very, very frustrating to watch as the Baltimore Ravens go, oh, first and ten, uh, Justin Forsett for nine yards. Second and one, Flacco heaves a pass deep, <laughs> intended for anybody. <laughs> you know, and uh, and then we watched and we'd falter after, like, trying to be – we were picking up so many yards on the ground. I felt like we should have done more of that, and I think I think you'd agree with me on there. But – Moving on to the passing game, Steve Smith, not in the game. Crockett Gilmore, not in the game. And who shows up pretty big in the first half? Kamar Aiken, four catches, had 78 yards, and then he disappeared. All of a sudden, Kamar Aiken wasn't playing, he, and when he was playing, you didn't notice him on the field, that's for sure. Matt, what's, uh, what, do you think to, what do you think about that? I'm just going to ask, you know, on your standpoint at all, what's going on? Well, sadly, I haven't gotten a chance to see the All-22 film yet. Uh, we've been a little bit busy with all the weird changes that the Ravens have been making. But, uh, you know, it, the the Cleveland Browns had to have done something after halftime because it, it immediately stopped at the half. Uh, Kamar Aiken, I don't think, caught a ball after halftime at all. So uh, he, he did some great things. We're seeing him kind of evolve as a pass catcher, as a wide receiver. We're seeing him run better routes. We're seeing him use the field to his advantage and use his size to his advantage. But like has always been an issue with the Ravens wide receivers, consistency, uh, being able to beat when a team is kind of focused on you uh, is something that he's going to have to work on over the rest of the season. And, and luckily or unluckily, however you want to kind of say it, he's going to get his chances this year. He's the number two guy. As long as Steve Smith seniors out, he's the number one guy. So the Ravens are going to be kind of focusing on him a lot uh, over the remainder of the season. So that game time is going to be helpful for him. Uh, it's going to be helpful for the Ravens uh, when it comes to kind of training him up. There, there's nothing quite like facing off against you know real defensive backs versus whoever the hell the Ravens have back there currently. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm, we're as bad. I'm going to start making those Browns type jokes on us. That's how bad we are right now. But. Um, <laughs> You know, four catches, 78 yards, 48-yard uh, catch in the first half. He was killing it. We've seen him do it a few times this season uh, so far, putting up some big numbers. Again, it's just consistency, being able to do it week in, week out, and then from a half-to-half a -half basis, hopefully we start seeing that a little bit more from him. Absolutely. This is, yeah, he's going to be big going forward if the Ravens have any chance at scraping and clawing their way back into – the division, or even a wild card selection. That's for certain. Now, during the game, we, Ravens had a new cornerback playing. His name is Will Davis. Very good, shining kid, actually. Very surprising. And all of a sudden, he goes down with a knee injury. All of a sudden, next next thing we hear is he's out for the game. 
And then finally, he is headed to the injured reserve list with a torn ACL. Lardarius Webb also left the game with a thigh injury. That made matters only worse as the secondary is depleted any time when we are the Baltimore Ravens, and they just, oh my goodness, ah, and it just, all of a sudden the Ravens don't have any corners. I mean, Matt and I are suiting up for the games, folks. <laughs> it it was so bad, and for those listening at home, or those that are going to be listening uh, afterwards on iTunes or on SoundCloud, it was so bad to where they put Terrence Brooks in at a quarter at, at a cornerback slot. Yep. This is the same guy that they don't really feel that comfortable putting him in as a safety. So let's line him up and go ahead and put one on one on him. Yeah, and that uh, was yeah. and they didn't even have safety coverage over the top. He was doing it was one on one coverage because they were trying to hit Josh McCown on those blitzes. Like nobody could guard for more than three seconds. Nobody had defensive coverage past three seconds. Maybe Jimmy Smith did. But maybe not. They just didn't have to look his way because somebody else on the opposite side was always open. Terrence Brooks yeah. at corner means bad things are going to happen. And, and they cycled him and Kyle Arrington around a little bit, trying to get some things done. And, and like we saw on the butt catch, uh, Kyle Arrington came in late and tried to swat at the football. And, and Kyle, I, I made this joke beforehand, uh, before the, the podcast, so I'm going to make it now. Um, Kyle Arrington is that bad to where even as – Barnage is on the ground holding the football up, stationary. Nothing's moving. Kyle Arrington missed the swat at the football at that point. It was already a touchdown. He he just couldn't swat it out of a tight end's hands. Who was already sitting on the down on the ground. Wonderful, wonderful. And I hyped <laughs> this guy up so much, folks. Now I feel like I have to eat an entire mountain of crow. It's terrible. Also, well, see, here's the thing, Kyle, and, I, and not to cut you off and not to kind of derail the show a little bit, but you and I both talked him up. He looked decent in, in training camp, but he looked decent as like a third corner, as like a fourth quarter corner, mm-hmm. not not as a guy that you need starting on the outside. He, he's not built for that. That's not the type of player he is. Right. And sadly, with these injuries, we had him last year as the Ravens uh, in in the secondary. We're having him again this year. Those type of players are having to step up, and we're seeing they're just not. Right. And Kyle Arrington's one of the, the biggest ones who's just not stepping up, but still would fill a, fill a great role if he was back where he should be as a nickel corner. Right. And that that's very key. I was uh, I was reading some game day thread on, uh, on some websites, and I saw a Patriots fan go, oh, no, you have Kyle Arrington on the outside? Only bad things happen, and that led to a touchdown drive, and I believe he gave up a huge, huge pass. And uh, and if I have to read a Patriots fan say, oh, no, you have him there, that's not where you want him. He's terrible out on the outside, and that exactly exactly happens. I knew we were in trouble. <laughs> Absolutely understood. The Ravens are in trouble. Also, not to beat a dead horse, since it's also on our injured reserve list, running back Lorenzo <laughs> Talifero went from probable to out for the season with an injured reserve within two days. He had a battling a knee injury. He battled a foot injury all season long. He is now gone. So, and there is rumblings that Justin Forsett may not be playing this week against the San Francisco 49ers, meaning... Ravens will be starting two running backs that they just uh, just acquired besides Javorius Allen playing. It would be Akeem Hunt, and I can't remember the other ones, Matt. Do you have that? Raheem 
I'm gonna butcher this Mostert, last Mostert. name. Mostert. 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 I, you know, who knows? Mostert. We're gonna go with that. I'll call it. You hit the <laughs> touchdown. That's what I'm calling on Rabble TV. Raheem Mostert. Yes, we're gonna go Baltimore Ravens football. Go. I can do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I promise you folks I'll do it. But that means, yes, the Ravens roster moves are getting ugly. Lorenzo Taliferro hyped up back. He looked phenomenal all season when he was playing. Preseason, he dominated. People were talking. Maybe he's going to steal Justin Forsett's spot as the starting running back. And now he's out. Justin Forsett's injured on something, I bet, from trying to carry the team the last two weeks. And, uh, now we get to see Javorius Allen and two other undrafted free agent running backs playing for the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers. Also, that, that's going to be three rookies trying to, and this is all saying Justin Forsett is going to be out. Yeah. Uh, we don't have today's injury report quite yet, but um, uh, by all accounts, Justin Forsett was out today as well in practice. So that, that kind of does not bode well for him playing <laughs> on Sunday. But that's going to be Javorius Buck Allen, who's a rookie. That's going to be Raheem, and that's going to be uh, Akeem Hunt. None of those guys really know how to step up and um, block an incoming pass rusher. Uh, Joe Flacco, it, it, it's the entire offense is going to have to change without Justin Forsett in there. And, and we got a chance to talk to Lorenzo Taliaferro before the season kind of kicked off in training camp. Uh, the, the dude was cut. He was talking about he stopped eating biscuits, like <laughs> breakfast, most important meal of the day, so he was doing it right. And uh, dude was cut, and he, he everything that we saw in him in training camp was he was faster, but he still had that power that we saw from him last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the few times that we've seen him this season, he displayed that, but he's just been all the injuries all year long so far. So uh, best of luck to Kyle. I'm going to do this. And I'm gonna do it. Best of luck to Iron Retribution. Uh, hopefully he comes back strong next season and the Ravens get a chance to see what he's fully made of. Absolutely. Off the back end of losing another divisional game, the Ravens did slip and fall to 1-4. and four. The Ravens made some roster moves. They cut cornerback Rashawn Melvin, who was a very hyped-up project uh, cornerback for the Ravens, as he was a practice squad guy that we took in, and he, he showed huge flashes of dominance and then got torn apart the next, uh, the next week against Tom Brady and the Patriots in the divisional uh, playoffs, and it was an ugly, ugly, ugly game. So they know exactly his strengths and weaknesses after that game alone. And then the Ravens also cut outside linebacker Jason Babin, who they picked up less than a month ago for the loss of Terrell Suggs. He's already been cut after giving up two huge and terrible penalties, allowing the Cleveland Browns to score a touchdown and come back and win the game. So I like the shakeup. I like that uh, Joe, excuse me, John Harbaugh, I was going to say Jim like three times. I got too much Michigan football in my mind apparently. But John Harbaugh said, cut his ass. You know, if you guys ain't going to do it, we're gonna you, you ain't gonna be on this team anymore. Rashawn Melvin was then picked up by the Patriots, by the way, folks. So that does show that hey, he still may have something to offer. Unfortunately, to the wrong team. God knows we don't want those Patriots to win another Super Bowl, folks. But Jason Babin's out as well. Matt, what do you think of this cut? 
I, I think it was, I, and you and I talked about this before the podcast again, I think it was something that was uh, needed. Jason Babin he just did not play at all for a few games, um, and a lot of Ravens fans were kind of wondering why. We still don't fully know, but uh, the, the talk around town right now is that uh, he, he just couldn't pick up the playbook. And then when he did go ahead and play two neutral zone infractions, Oh, that, that's going to get you cut just about from every team. Um, so, you know, no, no big shocker there. Rashawn Melvin, I think every single person in the media, in Baltimore media, had this guy as their kind of sleeper pick. As, as the you said it, Kyle, the guy that, you know, the Ravens are kind of working on, and he's shown some flashes of brilliance, uh, just needs to kind of put it all together. And the few times we saw him, it was – Holding penalty after holding penalty after holding penalty after holding penalty. It was like, all right, man, I I can't hype you up anymore. So uh, the Ravens kind of sent him off to the bench and put Kyle Arrington back in there, which is saying something. Um, So, you know, it it was a mix of guys just aren't doing their jobs and also a mix, and as much as John Harbaugh is going to refuse to ever acknowledge this, it's also a mix-up of if you don't do your job, I will cut you. I have no problem cutting you, and I will sign some other scrub. Do not worry about it. We have the cap room to go ahead and give someone vet minimum to come in here and do the same job you're doing. So do it or get out. Um, We saw it last season. It worked for the Ravens. The Ravens ended up going into the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Uh, They did start 1-4, so, you know. That too. (laughs) There's that. But um, they were able to kind of turn the season around and and do semi-decently with their secondary just in, in sheer collapse. So, uh, you know, hopefully we see the same type of result this season and, and the Ravens are able to kind of bolster their secondary up, whether it's through young guys, whether it's through just the message of get it done or get it out. Um, but I, it, it was needed. And uh, I sadly, I, I think before the season's out, I think we see a few more guys get cut. Yep. I expect more players to be gone by the end of the season as well. Now, the Ravens also did bring in a new cornerback. His name is Sharice Wright. He was a former Charger. He's a former 49er. He was never activated in any game for the Niners. Fun fact also, Ravens tried to trade for him before they acquired Will Davis from the Dolphins. Sharice Wright then got released from the Niners, and Jimmy Smith put on his uh, recruitment hat, talked him into coming into Baltimore, and now they are huge friends, by the way, Sharice Wright and Jimmy Smith. So they are now being able to play together. Everybody's excited, uh, obviously, for Jimmy Smith to have his own best friend playing on the field. Let's see if he actually shows any strengths on the football field, as from word is, he's not a very good corner. He's he's all right. I'm not going to hype up any corner at this point. Um, <laughs> folks, this dude's going to allow, like, 5,000 yards, okay? Just so I don't look dumb, I'm going to say that. <laughs> like... I will say, in, in talking to a few of the 49ers uh, fans and, and getting kind of scouting reports on him, is their thought process is he's he's not all that great. He's not terrible either, but the the 49ers are clearly in rebuild mode. They wanted to get something from him um, after so many players kind of retired. Uh, so they're, they're starting younger people in, in his wake in order to kind of give them a, a little bit of uh, playing time. But he's not all that great of a player. The Chargers kind of said the same thing. He's not fantastic. But the 49ers uh, uh, fans that I I did talk to and and other writers that I did talk to did say that 
knowing their luck, he's going to go ahead and have a pick six against the 49ers, and he's going to turn out a Pro Bowl player. And just like we think that Rashawn Melvin is going to suddenly turn into a Pro Bowl player for the uh, New England Patriots, apparently Niners fans are just about as sad as we are right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Now, speaking of 49ers, the Baltimore Ravens are going to be playing them this week on Sunday. Very exciting. This means two shitty one in four teams are both going to relive Super Bowl 47 glory. Now, it does still include the wide receivers for of Torrey Smith and Anquan Bolden as they are both playing with the 49ers now, which is absolutely hilarious as Joe Flacco has to compete against them now instead of throw touchdown passes to them. Maybe if they go out and be cornerbacks, they could also help uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, you never know. Yeah, that's just going to be the injury report. Matt, do you have that by chance? You know, Kyle, I have yesterday's injury report. Again, we we do not have today's injury report. Right. Uh, the Ravens have yet to send it to us. Right. Um, I'm going to pull that up real quick. The Baltimore Ravens injury report right now looks like <laughs> I don't a day at the dead ceremony. Um, <laughs> did not participate, and this is again Wednesday. Terrence Brooks with a thumb injury. Defensive end, Chris Canny with a calf injury. He's been out for the past few weeks. Uh, linebacker and pass rusher, Elvis Doomerville with a thigh injury. Running back, Justin Forsett with an ankle injury. Wide receiver, Chris Givens with an ankle injury. He, he's been here for a week. Rashad Perryman with that knee injury. That's been since the first day of training camp. Uh, wide receiver, Darren Waller with a concussion. Cornerback, Ladarius Webb, thigh and guard Marshall Yonda with an ankle injury. Funnily enough, and funnily is a word, so screw all you people. Um, <laughs> funnily enough, tight end Crockett Gilmore with that calf injury. He's missed, what, the last two weeks now? Yep. And wide receiver Steve Smith Sr., four fractures in his back. Limited participation. Jesus. So we've got nine players who cannot play, cannot practice for whatever reason, and we've got a man with four broken bones in his back suiting up and uh, uh, apparently icing up sun after practice because I bet that hurts like hell. That's ins- that's insane. I have no idea how he does it. No idea. I, we, we talked about it, I think, before the game last week, Kyle, and uh, Harbaugh said something along the lines that uh, he's in the Hall of Fame of, of pain tolerance. And yeah. it, it sure as hell looks like it. Uh, the fact that he's at limited participation right now and there's even some kind of talk that he might be ready to go this week. Uh, if, if not this week, maybe next week. I just... The hell. I rolled my uh, ankle, and I've stopped playing basketball for four months. <laughs> this dude has four broken bones in his back. In his back! And you, you know what he says? Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I, I like football. I like to football, and I'm going to continue to football. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Oh, my goodness. He's an intense dude, and, and uh, the, the comparison between Steve Smith Sr. and Anquan Bolden has been a good one. Um, Absolutely. You know, it, I think everyone who, who is a fan of Anquan Bolden remembers that vicious hit to the face that he had that ultimately uh, resulted in him getting a steel plate. Yeah insert it into his jaw. Um, dude was back out that season. So <laughs> I, I, I cannot see a better comparison between two players than Steve Smith Sr. and Anquan Bolden. 
uh, both in their style of play right now as they're a little bit older and in just their grittiness. And you hear that term so often, but steel plate in the face and four broken bones in the back, that's, that's fucking gritty. Yep. So uh, for the 49ers, we've got a few of their players did not participate. Guard Alex Boone with a shoulder injury. Linebacker Navarro Bowman with a non-injury related uh, event. Linebacker Ahmad Brooks. He has two things, which is a little weird. Non-injury related and shoulder. Mm. Um, running back Reggie Bush with a calf injury. Running back Carlos Hyde with a foot injury. Tackle Joe Staley, uh, who does not deserve this, with a knee injury. Uh, they are all did not participate, and limited participation is tight end Vernon Davis with a knee injury and tight end Vance McDonald with a chest injury. And again, Joe Staley, you did not deserve this. <laughs> oh, folks, what? I'm, I'm going to let you take that all one, right, Kyle. Folks, I'm going to let you explain what the hell's yes, up there. Uh, so the video uh, of the Super Bowl 47 was playing at the 49ers facility this week, showing about the Ravens and stuff, trying to get them maybe fired up, I presume. And Joe Staley goes up to Torrey Smith, his own teammate now, and says, you didn't deserve this game. You didn't deserve that win. And no, the Ravens didn't deserve that win. They went out and they fucking earned it like men, Joe Staley. And how about you stop bickering to your teammate who won a Super Bowl with his team at the time over your team should shut the fuck up, go out, and do something. Like, you know, your job, instead of bitching at your own teammate, your own teammate, about, hey, you didn't, you didn't deserve that Super Bowl. No. No, they didn't. I hate the word deserve. I hate it. You got to earn yeah. everything. You go earn it. That's what the Ravens did. They went out and curb stomped you guys in the first half till Roger Goodell shut the goddamn lights off. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get Terrell Suggs out here. He'll one-on-one your ass, and he'll, 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 he'll beat you in the argument. He'll tell you how much they earned it. And you know what? He's going to show you that Super Bowl ring. He's going to show you that Super Bowl ring. <laughs> and his, you know, Defensive Player of the Year award. He's going to show you his Pro Bowl honors, his All-Pro honors. The man, come on, Joe Staley, you you do not deserve to be treated nicely after such a petty comment to your own teammate. You, that, you don't deserve to be treated nicely. You do deserve to be shit talked about on your one and four team. And the Ravens are one and four as well, but at least we won a Super Bowl a couple years ago. Huh? Yeah. yeah. We're, we're sad that we're one and four. It was expected for you to be one and yeah, four. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> now, the big question on everybody's mind, obviously, because this is going to be the game of the week kind of stuff, folks, is who the hell is going to be winning the toilet bowl? And I hope, I hope for goodness sake, the Ravens put in that shop and we tank this season. We get the second overall pick. That's what I am hyped about. All right. So no question about it. Let's throw in Shabby. Let's, uh, let's see what Javorius Allen's got. Let's see what Sharice Wright can do. We're putting him as a wide receiver. Uh, Joe Staley, you can play coverage on him. I don't care. We'll see what you can do. You know, let's see if you deserve that. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't even want to make a guess on the toilet bowl. I don't. This is ugly. It's disgusting. I don't want to deal with it. It's. it's you know what, uh, Kyle? I'm gonna make a guess. Okay. Because I've got balls like that. Oh. Thirty-three to thirty. It's gonna be an overtime loss because apparently that's the thing for the Baltimore Ravens this year. Please don't. Please don't do this. <laughs> I do. The Baltimore Ravens lose. 
33 to 30. Yeah. God, I've been wrong every week, so <sighs> we're we're gonna keep the the train of going, and hopefully I'm I'm wrong this week as well. Yeah, that'd be nice. I'm I'm gonna say Ravens Ravens win it uh, on the backs of the running backs, and uh, if Carlos Hyde is out and Reggie Bush is out, that's that's a key turn because they are on the injury report. They are on the injury report. So if those two guys are out, the Ravens win it. And a sloppy 17-14 game. That's my prediction. Okay. Torrey Smith okay. gets a touchdown. Anquan Bolden gets a touchdown. M&T Bank Stadium goes nuts. Are they even playing at M&T, right? Nope, they're playing in San Francisco. Oh, good. But M&T Bank Stadium can go nuts, too. Yep. We'll, still, we'll all be watching at M&T. Oh, man. <laughs> mercy. Oh, mercy me, oh, my. This is terrible. I'm... Well... Does anybody have... <laughs> We have one comment here from Carlton Banks, UK. You guys asked me to hit you up with a comment, but this is all too depressing, so I'm just going to grab some whiskey and sit here sipping it in desolate state. What do you think we're doing? That's, that's, uh... I, I've got scotch in my cup. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been, I've been binge drinking tequila for the past three days, if that helps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mercy. Mercy, me oh my. All right, folks. But if you do not have any other questions, Matt and I don't need to ramble on about uh, how bad the Ravens look any more than we just did. Because I didn't have fun tonight. (laughs) This is a depressing, depressing season for the Baltimore Ravens. And, though, I mean, on the positive side, the Ravens will get some of their cap room back next year as the Ray Rice uh, deal will be off the cap. And... um, you know, they'll probably have Pitta off the cap as well because yep. I, th- I think we both agree, Kyle, that um, he's not playing this season. And if that's the case, they will uh, probably post June first cut him, mm-hmm. which will bring uh, the only the only dead money they have on him right now is his, is his signing bonus. That's six and a, six point six, I believe, which will cut that in half, three point three, and then spread out the other three point three over the next season. Yeah. Joe Flacco will probably end up re uh, doing his deal a little bit, giving them a little bit of money there. Um, maybe be able to to kind of work a deal with somebody else on the roster as well right. to lower their cap number. Most likely Ladarius Webb uh, if they just don't cut him outright. And um, yeah, you know we'll we'll have a top five pick and. You know, hopefully we'll get like an Amari Cooper type wide receiver for Joe Flacco to throw to. Oh my goodness, I that, could you know, not stay healthy. Yeah, I would, I would love to not draft injured wide receivers. That would be, that'd be a blessing in itself. Yeah, right. We'll see though. We'll see. And uh, folks, tune in to the next edition of the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. I promise you, it won't be as sad as this one was. Well, actually, Kyle, we have one more question. Oh, we do. Excuse me. We we actually have a few different questions Holy cow, here. There, yeah. We got. MC Steve, when's Perryman back? We have that we have no idea, man. Um, I, the Ravens don't know. Perryman doesn't know. The doctors don't know. I at this point just call him out for the year. I think is the the sane thing to do. Because oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's been no indication from anyone that he's even remotely close to coming back. He is not practiced at all uh, since that little scope that he had done. And um, I don't even want him playing at this point. I mean, just package him up and send him out next season, you know? That's, yeah, that's I my mean, take it, on him. 
even if he does come back and starts practicing again, uh, the, the issue, and we've talked about this before on the podcast and, and on our game days, is even if he's able to come back, he, he missed all of training camp. He only practiced for about a half of one day yep. before getting injured. So this is a kid that needs to completely figure out what the NFL is all about from a field perspective and, and getting out there, getting timing with Flacco, getting his routes fully down, running things out. Um, so, you know, even let's just say he comes back today and everything's okay. He's 100% as of right now. It's probably going to take him two, three, four weeks before he's really able to do anything other than just go straight toward the end zone. Yep. Which the Ravens will use him like that, but I think if you're any defense, you just put a safety over the top, bracket coverage him, and you're not worried about him in the slightest because you know he's not going to make any turns one way or another. Absolutely. So that that's the deal with Perryman as of right now. It's still that uh, MC or excuse me, the PCL sprain. Um, it, it is supposed to be six weeks. He apparently has the slowest healing PCL on the face of the planet. Uh, again, we, we wish you, we could tell you more. I mean, even our own Dr. Bobby goes, I, I have, I have no clue, man. Um, John Harbaugh is gone. I have no clue. The doctors have no clue. We really, we, there's nothing we can figure out there. So, Sadly, Perryman, like I said, I would just kind of count him out for the year. And if the Ravens get him back at any point this season, um, that's just kind of icing on the cake, really. Oh, my goodness, yeah, really. Uh, is the, I see we're getting – This is the. are you serious? This is the time we start getting comments. That's wild. Hey, this is exactly it. Uh, Carlton Banks UK says, thanks for the idea. I got tequila here, too. <laughs> Question, might be a hot take, but do you have confidence in Ozzy to do a bit better with his drafting from this season on? I feel like team's been substandard in that field for a few years, particularly at the top I got of drafts. I'm going to let you take it. I got man. this one because this is not substandard drafting. He drafted C.J. Mosley, who was a pro bowler his rookie year. He is phenomenal. Uh, every single uh, play he's damn near in on, if it's not him or Daryl Smith, it's a touchdown pretty much because our cornerbacks aren't fucking there. Right? <laughs> right? Okay. Uh, we have Nick Boyle, who was drafted in the fifth. We have Max Williams drafted in the second. Both of them are phenomenal players, and I understand you said, you talked about the tops of the drafts. Matt Elam, uh, we I didn't ever like that selection. I didn't. I noticed. I, I remember watching his tape. I remember watching his film, and I, I sat down and did that. That was one of the very first things I did as a writer before I was even here at the Baltimore Beatdown. And I said, this guy doesn't wrap up when he tackles. He has substandard uh, abilities. He's a strong safety in a free safety's body. That's really what he is. He likes to be down towards the line, of, the line of scrimmage. He likes to stop run plays. But he was expected too much of coverage every single season. And when Will Hill finally shows up and shows he can play uh, he can play free safety, Matt Elam went down with an injury and hasn't been right since. And he looked great in training camp this year. He absolutely did. And that's not me just kissing his ass. That's not Dean Pease's bullshit. It was Matt Stevens here with me saying, hey, he actually looks pretty good. Isn't that correct, Matt? Yeah, I mean, he, he did look pretty solid this uh, offseason uh, and in training camp through OTAs and training camp. Uh, we didn't really get a chance to see him tackle all that much, sadly, mm -hmm. uh, which was the biggest knock on him. But he was in the right position to make the tackle. Um, and to make the big plays, to make the big hits. Right. So, I mean, that's 
outside of watching him actually play in game time situations, um, you know, we, we saw the best of him. Right. So. Also, uh, Timmy Jernigan, I believe, was drafted in the second round. Was it uh, last year? Correct. And he was so. he's great. Obviously, you didn't have to worry about Haloti Nada in these situations because Timmy Jernigan last year was a phenomenal player when Haloti was out for those four weeks that he did the uh, the stuff. All right, I, he says, I'll, "Wait up, I'll give you a rundown." Ravens' top two picks in 2013 was Matt Elam and Arthur Brown. 2013 was a big miss. Uh, Arthur Brown was expected to be able to pick up a playbook. He's not smart enough to, and uh, he's not seeing the field, even though he looked pretty good. But it's pretty tough when you have C.J. Mosley and Daryl Smith back there to find some time to play. Uh, Matt Elam, yes, was a missed pick. Arthur Brown, a missed pick. That's fine. Yes. Tough. Actually, I'm, I'm going to argue on that one. Okay. I'm going to argue on that one. It's 2013. It's only 2015 right now. Players do not always mature at the same level. I mean, we... We as Ravens fans are kind of um, spoiled by the idea that guys like Jonathan Ogden just immediately came out and was a pro bowler, Ray Lewis, same type of way, uh, C.J. Mosley, same type of thing. Matt Elam and Arthur Brown, both those guys need time to pick up things and get to the, to the speed of the game. Um, they're, they're both young kids. Arthur Brown has finally started to kind of pick up the playbook, and like you said, Kyle, he's, he's behind C.J. Mosley and Daryl Smith, and by all accounts, and, and I don't know this, I'm not in the Ravens organization itself, but it looks like the Ravens are kind of holding on to him, uh, Arthur Brown, that is, to take over for Daryl Smith when eventually Daryl Smith kind of reaches the end of his career, which could be happening sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. So don't completely write out Arthur Brown yet. It, it's only been two seasons, and he's been behind two Pro Bowl players, so you, you can't really say much there. Matt Elam had a, a decent first year. The second year, it was, uh, I believe, a mix of injury and just not all that great uh, playing out of position because of the terrible secondary we had. Yep. And then season injury. So, again, he's really only had one full season at the spot he was supposed to be at, and he was okay. Um, I don't think you can really say those are busts by any stretch of the imagination after two years. Right. Um, you know, the I, I just I see a lot of people get down on both those guys, and um, I don't think it's quite fair yet. Give it another year, and we'll see what's going on if the Ravens bring them back at the end of the season. Yeah. Kruger was great when we had Kruger. Uh, he became overpaid, and we sold him to the Browns because they wanted him for a fat contract. Lodarius Webb was phenomenal until he had two ACL tires, and yet he is still one of the top corners on this Ravens team. Michael Orr was phenomenal for us for a while. Then we had to shift him to the right tackle. He helped us win a Super Bowl, and then we gave him away because he started becoming a liability. Now he's actually playing great. I believe he's with the Panthers, and he's actually one of their better starters. Sergio Kindle, I can't blame anything on. The man fell down a set of stairs and busted his head. That You couldn't, you couldn't have done that with any other team, man. That's I don't feel like that's a yeah. fault for the Ravens at all. Terrence Cody... Uh, flop in my mind. The guy was fat, lazy, and he showed up oh. to training camp way too many times at 400 pounds. It's terrible. Ed Dixon had I keep terrible. Making, uh, yeah. I keep making terrible Krispy Kreme jokes every time I hear his name. Just in my head, I'm like, oh man, Krispy Kreme started opening up the day that we drafted Terrence Cody. Yep. Uh, Ed Dixon, he had stone hands. You're right. He was a bad player. Uh, but we caught Dennis Pitta in that same draft, and we got traded on. And uh, because Ozzy didn't pull the trigger, and uh, the New England Patriots stole away 
Rob Gronkowski right above Ed Dixon on us. I think that was part of the reason that we had to pick that because Ozzy sometimes does clutch. I don't like that Ozzy does that either. He always he's a pick he, he's a pick whore, and even Steve Bashotti has told him that quoted that into his face. Stop being a fucking pick whore and let's get Joe Flacco. That's what happened back in 08. Jimmy Smith is a phenomenal player. Ravens top three picks in 2011. Jimmy Smith is a phenomenal player. He has not had a secondary to be able to be around him. He plays great every single season, but he cannot mesh with anybody that does not have any bone structure or muscle fibers that can mesh without breaking. I feel like that's fair. Torrey Smith was a very good player. He set a franchise record for us for most touchdowns in a rookie season. He helped us win a Super Bowl. I don't know if you forgot that. He scored two touchdowns in the AFC Divisional against the Broncos against Champ Bailey. And not just simple nine routes. No, he hit him with a fade, and then he hit him with a huge cross in the middle. That was one nine route. You know, He did make the catch over Champ Bailey on his second touchdown, though. Jaw Reed, face palm, I agree. Ravens top three picks in 2012. Courtney Upshaw has not been a disappointment. He's been a disappointment in the pass rushing, but his run-stopping ability is one of the better ones uh, in the league. Unfortunately, this season we're not really seeing it, but what defense are you seeing by the Baltimore Ravens at all? So, so I, I don't blame Courtney Upshaw for that. I blame the loss of a you know defensive player of the year and multi-all-pro Terrell Suggs, who I feel is a, almost deserving of Hall of Fame recommendations. Kalechio Semele, great pick, like you said, elite player, very much. So when he's finally on his game and when he can work with uh, somebody not named James Hurst, he's doing very good. Bernard Pierce <laughs> was also a very good player. He was in a terrible situation of uh, being behind Ray Rice and then had to run behind Gino Gradkowski. He was not a flop. He was just unable to uh, do anything with a terrible run game to start off with. Uh, and then he did get the drunk driving, and uh, the Ravens kicked his ass out. And that was okay. I was fine with that. That's how Ozzy should handle shit. Uh, but I wouldn't say flop necessarily. He did good when he was here until Gino Gradkowski single-handedly ruined his career. Ravens top two picks in 2013. We've already done that one. I understand you... Uh, have a lot of good stuff and a lot of bad. It's tough to it's tough to judge. Uh, yeah, I mean it, it's especially the guys that are, are relatively recent, like the uh, Elam and, and Arthur Brown ones, or even Courtney Upshaw, Kalechi Osamali, and Bernard Pierce. Those those are all guys that are relatively recent, so it takes a few years, like we discussed with with Arthur Brown and Jimmy Matt Smith, Elam, Jimmy Smith to, to figure that. things out. It, yeah, typically you start seeing it four years out or so, and that means Jimmy Smith, Torrey Smith, and Ja Reed. And, and Ja Reed was actually on this team and, and, and looked pretty good this uh, preseason until he got shipped off to Kansas City. Uh, the Ravens just didn't have enough depth for him. They wanted to keep uh, some other depth elsewhere, and it was it was the right move. But uh, he's over in Kansas City right now and, and, and doing pretty well. Uh, I believe he's behind Donald Stevenson. Uh, for that left tackle spot. Mm -hmm. So uh, the Chiefs clearly think something positive of him uh, over there in Kansas City. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say that he's a bad player either. He didn't start off well. And again, we, we just like we were just talking about, uh, he's a player that it took a little while to kind of figure it all out. Um, so, you know, I, I, I do think that the Ravens have been bit a little bit in terms of their ability to keep healthy. And some of that might be on Ozzie Newsome because a lot of the guys, guys like Brent Urban, um, he was injured back in college. You know, 
that's that's why you take some of those guys a little bit later on. Uh, sadly, the Ravens have had to kind of count on some of those guys, and they look like world beaters when they are playing mm-hmm. uh, in, in training camp and in preseason and stuff like that. And they look great, and then they get hurt, uh, hurt and then we are where we are. But um, yeah, you know, I, I don't I don't necessarily think Ozzie Newsom's doing a terrible job. I don't think he's doing the best job that he could be doing. I don't, I don't think he's replicating what he did the first few years in the league. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's it's going to happen. It's what happens when you pick at the end of of a round every single season. You're not picking from the cream of the crop. You're picking from teams that or from players that 25 other teams passed over. And when we see Ozzie Newsom select somebody in the top 20, usually. Those players usually end up turning out being pretty good, a la C.J. Mosley and, and that type of thing. So, yeah, like when we do pick really high, I feel like we've done all right. Ray Lewis, uh, you know, dude's all right. Uh, we had our very first selection in NFL history become Jonathan Ogden. He was a Hall of Fame player. Uh, when we picked Terrell Suggs, we got a decent to Hall of Fame player in some people's opinion. It's tough for us to finally ever select anything up, you know, uh, in the top 10, top 15, even top 16. But when we do, the Ravens have nailed it, it seems like. That's, I mean, I'm only looking, you know, I'm only look, pointing at the good ones, but it's, it's debatable nonetheless. But I really do think that it's tough to judge uh, Ozzie Newsom by his recent drafts, just as much as it is to uh, judge him by his past drafts. It's just about what's going to happen the, uh, this this draft year. Um, it's frustrating as well as a fan watching this. I, I definitely see that was a great great question. I mean, fuck, we spent yeah. about 15 minutes on that. That's that's the right thing to do. Yeah, I loved it, man. Thank you. It's it's something that we don't get a chance to talk about a lot, and, and obviously we'll get a chance to talk about it more as the season goes on if it continues going the way that it is, um, mm-hmm. as draft talk will start real fucking early. But, um, yeah, you know, I, we'll, we'll hear a lot of stuff about John Harbaugh as well coming up soon um, on, on should he be fired. We've already heard that about Dean Pease. Yeah. We're going to hear that about Mark Trestman. That's even kind of started a little bit. Uh, when you're losing, fans really quickly start picking and choosing the stuff that they want to they want to kind of talk about and, and they start picking your losses a lot more than they pick your wins um so you know ozzy newsom's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination and I'll, I'll be the first one to critique him especially when it comes to wide receivers he is awful at it the ravens i don't think have had a wide receiver yet that he's drafted turn out to be okay i mean tory smith but um, yeah. Even Torrey Smith is kind of a on-the-fence case for me because he was great as a deep threat, but that was essentially all he was ever going to end up being. Yeah. He was never going to transition into a number one. Uh, and, and Kamar Aiken, I believe, was an undrafted free agent the Ravens picked up from another team. So yeah. we can't even count him. Uh, yeah, so, you know, Ozzie Newsom, when it comes to picking wide receivers, is awful. Hopefully that will change at the end of this season. We'll have a high enough pick he'll have a chance to kind of pick between some really solid players and, and hopefully he goes offense on that. Uh, the Ravens could certainly use that uh, help for Joe Flacco more than anything else. But, um, but yeah, great question. I, and I, we, we greatly appreciate you, you talking a little bit about that and asking things that we don't get a chance to talk about a whole lot. Yeah, no kidding. That was great. But I, uh, Jeremy Butler been good for us if he wasn't cut. No, 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 no way. Um, that was MC Steve. Yeah. I, J- Jeremy Butler, 
I think there was other guys that the Ravens could have kept that would have done more. Um, what was that Brown kid? Uh, I, that's, um, I know. I was sitting there thinking about it. Too, um, Daniel Brown. Daniel Brown that's yeah. what, did did great things uh, in preseason games three and four uh, as an all-around player, as a special teams player, and as a uh, wide receiver. They have him back on the uh, practice squad. Trent Steelman has been doing some great things in whatever crazy-ass league he's in right now. Yeah. Um, I believe he just scored three touchdowns last week. So Something like that. Um, you know, so, so the Ravens have a lot of players they've picked in that I think could do well, but it, it also has to be has to match up with the uh, squad and what the Ravens want to do overall. Jeremy Butler just is, is not one of those players that I think uh, matched up very well. Uh, for for what the Ravens wanted to do and and just couldn't keep it going, honestly. Absolutely, that's pretty much. You said everything that I was going to say. Nicely done. <laughs> Any final questions for us, folks? Anything else that you would love for us to uh, argue against or agree with you for? <laughs> yeah. If we lose this week, we're going to play a drinking game next week. Uh, oh no. <laughs> Oh, yeah. All right, folks, I think that's everything. That's wrapped up on uh, here at Ravel.tv on the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. Thank you so very much for tuning in, and have a wonderful week. And you'll hear us calling the Ravens 49ers game, most likely, on Sunday. Thank you. You will absolutely hear us call it Sunday, yep. one way or another. So join us there or catch us on BaltimoreBeatdown.com or Be More Beatdown on Twitter. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. If you like what we do, please like and share us on SoundCloud, Rabble.tv, and iTunes. Also, check out our Patreon account to donate as little as a dollar toward the cause and get some cool perks. Join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern for yet another Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. 7 p.m. Eastern.